Hey, this is Xane Anderson, and welcome to the Principal Podcast today. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I am not great at at all, but I think is super important in relationships, and I'm trying to get better at it. Um, I'm going to start off by just telling you that, kind of recapping the story of Jean Valjean in the in the classic tale Les Misérables. So the story begins with Jean Valjean. He's 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 a convict. He actually starts out with him stealing bread to feed a starving nephew. And he's caught, he's sentenced to jail for hard labor for, I think, 19 years. And when he's finally released, he finds that the world's kind of hostile towards him because he's a convict, he's unwanted. So he, does, he goes door to door in search of a place to stay. At one point, he knocks on the door of a very kind priest. This priest invites him in, feeds him, gives him a bed to sleep in. And I'm sure at some, you know, in the story, you would assume that this character, John Valjean, would be thankful. And he, he probably is at some level. He still feels like a convict. And, and being used to thought, you know, his identity is still kind of wrapped up in that he's a thief. He kind of lives up to the expectation. And so he decides to steal from the priest. And he takes part of the priest's silverware and sneaks out of his house. Not long thereafter, he gets caught by the police. And there's, there's markings on the silverware that shows it belongs to this priest. And they bring him back to this, this priest and they confront him and say, Hey, you know, it looks totally suspicious. He's got the priest silverware. He is a convict. So they bring him back and the priest does something completely unexpected. Here, the priest has an opportunity to have things be fair. I mean, he got his, 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 his silver stolen from him. And he could say, throw this guy in jail. Give me my silver back. And that would be the fair thing to do. The guy did. He stole his, Jean Valjean stole the priest's silver. But the priest doesn't take that route. The priest instead does something remarkable. And he goes, he said, oh, you forgot this other silver. And he goes back in and brings him more silver, which kind of surprises everybody. The police are surprised. Jean Valjean's surprised. And, you know, eventually the police let him go. And Jean Valjean says something like this to him. He says, you know, this is your chance to now be an honest man after the police are gone. And this one instance, this one instance where the priest who could have thrown down the hammer, he could have made it bad for Jean Valjean, instead shows mercy and in fact, brings him more silver and says, this is your chance to be an honest man. Now, here's the thing. This event is so powerful to Jean Valjean that he changes his entire life. He does become an honest man. He becomes a great leader in the community. He, helps, he ends up helping a lot of people, including Cosette, um, one of the best stories ever told. Because as I thought about this story, I thought about this story as it applies to us and as it applies to fairness. You know, we have this idea in our life that things should be fair. And of course, we want to strive to have things be fair. That's, that's, there's this innate part of us that wants things to be fair. But I think the key for heaven, to, the key to heaven may be in allowing things not to be fair for ourselves and more fair for others. Now, 
I'm not trying to say that you should put up with abuse. I'm not trying to say that you should put up with things that are completely unjustified and that you can't set boundaries. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is in this situation with Jean Valjean, if the most important thing was the silver, then, then the priest absolutely should have said, you took my silver and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you in jail and you're going to get what you deserve. But if the more important thing was the man's soul, if the man's soul, which to the priest was worth way more, he allowed the silver to be way less. And it allowed him in that small instance to, it was unfair. It was unfair that, the, that he should take his silver and then he should go back in and get more silver, but he did. And it changed Jean Valjean's life. Now, each one of us finds ourselves in this same predicament. You know what? All of us have done things that warrant punishment, that warrant that we didn't do the right thing. We all have. And the reason I think this story has been such a classic over the years is because it resonates with stuff that's really deep, deep, deep down inside all of us. Because the story is really about Jesus Christ as well. Jesus Christ, even though we don't deserve it, died for us so we could come back. All of us are in a position where we've done things we shouldn't have done. And Jesus Christ has said, figuratively, run back in and got the silver for us, even though we don't deserve it. I want you to think about this concept of fairness, because I think it's important to want to be fair, to try as, as hard as you can. But the problem is a lot of times people say, well, fairness for me or mercy for me. Like if I've done something wrong, give me mercy, but let's give justice to you. So I want everything to be fair. If you, you better treat me right. But if I do something wrong, please give me mercy. And I think if we can switch that dynamic around where we say, you know what, mercy for you. And I'm okay giving up some silver. Mercy for you. Even though you took my silver, here, have some more. Because showing that with real Christ-like love, just like in the story with Jean Valjean, I think has the possibility of changing people. I read this book recently, and I'm going to share it with you. It's called Servant Marriage. Now, let me tell you, I'm obviously fascinated with relationships. I'm fascinated with how to help make marriages and families better. And I talked to someone. He, he said that his buddy had read this book. And by the way, I got to tell you, nobody's told, I'm not getting any sponsors or any money and nothing from sharing this. I'm just sharing this as a tip because it's something that has, I think has some pretty insightful things in it. Um, on this, in this book, there's a part here that he said, the attitude of fairness is so seductive at the beginning. I want you to know fairness is a cancer. If you start this, it can ultimately culminate in the destruction of your marriage, or at least make your marriage significantly less happy than if you were both servants who understood that life and marriage were not fair, not even supposed to be fair. You must both sacrifice your lives for the marriage to be awesome. Now, he says one other thing here I'm going to read. He says, marriage is intentionally designed to cause you pain and inconvenience in order to teach you to love your spouse unselfishly. Now, these are pretty bold statements. And again, this is Servant Marriage from Douglas Weiss, PhD. I think it's a good book. Um, I thought of this as it applies to this story with Jean Valjean, that the priest was able to change Jean Valjean's life 
not by demanding fairness, but in fact, by letting things be unfair for himself, the priest. Christ who's almost, does almost the same thing. He lets things, what's fair about Christ hanging on a cross for our sins? That's unfair. If we can, in our, in our marriages, in our lives, insist more upon mercy for others more than we than we insist on fairness per se i think we're becoming more it will help us become more and more like jesus christ i gotta tell you i'm horrible at this i'm not great at it so i realize you know there's some hypocrisy that comes into me even trying to teach this because i'm not great at it there have been times where when I have let it happen, that I feel better. I feel like it's, um, uh, it's better. Anyway, think about how that could apply. How am I insisting on fairness? And maybe I could insist like the priest did for mercy. It's a higher principle. It's a higher principle in a way that it doesn't make sense to us. I mean, if it, in some ways it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's almost like, you know, when Newton came out with these theories about science, you know, he, he can calculate everything about mass and how fast things accelerate and, and you know, object in motion remains in motion unless act upon it. And it makes really great sense. Newtonian physics, you can mathematically show that it works. But then when Einstein came around, um, he showed that there were things above and beyond Newtonian physics, how the space and time were, con I mean, basically connected in ways that we never thought possible that made some parts of Newtonian physics not relevant in the big picture of things. And I think that same kind of thing is happening when we're learning principles from the principle giver himself, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ teaches us things that from the outside, from the outset may not look like they make sense. You know, when he says, you know, the world teaches an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Jesus Christ says, I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be like the children, you may build the children of your father in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the just and the unjust. He sends rain on everybody. And if we can say, I'm going to try to be like him. That's what brings us to be more perfect. It even says right at the end of that paragraph, it says, be therefore perfect. But he says it right before, when he says, the, you know, that, that stresses a lot of people out when, when they hear that word, be therefore perfect. But if you, if you take it in context, it's interesting that it came at the end of a paragraph. And the end of the paragraph was right after he said, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. I challenge you to go read that. Find that scripture where it says, be there for perfect. But to get it in context, read the few verses, the several verses before it, and see how it's almost like the final sentence of a paragraph where he's talking about loving your enemies, blessing them that curse you. None of that's fair. It's not fair that an enemy should be, be hateful towards you and you love them back. It's not fair that Jesus should hang on a cross for us. It's not fair that the priest gave more silver to Jean Valjean. But if we look for it, we'll find opportunities where we can run back in the house and get the silver like the priest did for Jean Valjean. And I just think 
that that might be one of the keys to heaven. Thanks for joining the Principal Podcast today. This is Xane Anderson. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. So glad you joined. I am on a mission to help as many marriages and families and parents learn the principles and techniques that are going to help their marriages be better. And one thing I know about you, there are so many of you listening right now that have tips, that have techniques, that if you would just share them with the community, it could help. So please share them with the rest of us, share them with me. We'd love to hear them. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review. Let's do everything we can to help as many marriages as possible. You know, I'm a huge believer that a wise man, Neil A. Maxwell said, if we don't fix marriages and families, everything else we do will be like straightening deck chairs on the Titanic. I'm sure I didn't quote that right, but it was something to that effect. Let's go to the root of the problem and help marriages and families. Feel free to follow me on, on social media. Most importantly, learn to follow Jesus Christ, who is the principal giver. And let's share as much as we can with each other to make this a great community where we can help people. Thanks again for joining.